0: With you and to remember that Jesus' name is powerful this morning. Amen? Amen. 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 And um, this morning before we get started, I do want to say a word. We've got an upcoming holiday that we typically celebrate for those of you who are veterans in the room. And I, we just want to say thank you. This Wednesday is Veterans Day. And I think more than ever, in the midst of what we're facing in our country with this election and all the different opinions, there are people this morning around our country that are very happy, there are people that are very sad, and there are people in between. And I want us in the church to remember that. But in the midst of all that, let me remind you of something, because we've talked in this series about being grateful and gratitude. This morning, you don't have to walk in fearing carrying your Bibles to church. And I've been in a country where that is the case. And that is thank you to our veterans in the room, both past and present, who have continually fought for the freedom in our country, here in our country, to, for us to be able to, as Christians, to worship freely. And so, in the midst of whatever persuasion or feeling you have this morning, what I want you to recognize is that you're free to worship this morning in this room, to sing loudly to our God, and we will continue to thank our veterans for that freedom. Amen? Amen? So gentlemen and ladies, thank you so much for the way you serve. We know many of you are in our congregation and we thank you for what you do. And we'll be celebrating with you this Wednesday on Veterans Day. So I just want to make a mention, it's weird times, it's not like normal, I know. But I did want to make a mention because that's coming up this week and we didn't want to miss it. We've missed so much in this season of 2020, we didn't want to miss that this morning. And So thank you guys and ladies, those of you who serve very much. We're very honored to have you in our congregation. And with that, we're going to go back into our overcoming series. If you've been a part of the series, you've been hearing what we've been about on Sundays, we've been talking about how to overcome. And and a lot of these reflections, Pastor has been real transparent, have come out of his own wrestlings, his own time in 2020, the things that God has taught him. The same is true for me today. This word today, this passage today, I've just really held very dear during this year. In fact, so much that it's helped me in a lot of different ways, overcome a lot of my own personal feelings, challenges, the things in which I've wrestled with. And so I hope today that this word could be an encouragement to you. In this series, we've heard, for instance, that every moment matters. You remember that? How pastor encouraged us to take advantage of every moment. Or that Pastor Noah talked about one good thing and how every day we should look to the one good thing about that day, right? There may be more, but at least walk away with one. We've heard how we're all human. Pastor made a great uh, sermon on that and how we're all broken and only the goodness of Jesus can help us overcome that. And then last week, how to be a hero. And what a great encouragement for all of us to be a hero in this time in our own way. Well, today... I want to talk to you about voices. Today, I want to talk to you about voices because I believe the voices that we listen to impact our ability to overcome. And for me, to be real honest with you, this year has been a year of evaluating the voices that I allow into my life. We continue to walk through this time in our world and, and think about for a second all the different voices that come your way. Whether it be in this election process, political system, and all the voices that you allow, whether it be from whatever news source or social media, all the different voices trying to give you their opinion on what's going on in our world. Or perhaps it was during the lockdown and coronavirus, I know for us here at the church even, making decisions for what we would do and not do. For the church and school, there are a lot of opinions about that. <laughs> and so all these voices, some of, some of them for you in this room gave us your opinion. And guess what? They're well-intentioned. But they're different voices that come our way. And whether it be personal challenges, maybe your family and friends give you their opinions about what you're going through, right? You ask their opinion and they give you their opinion, right? You may have at one time thousands of different voices coming your way. And I'm here to encourage you that if you're not careful, you may allow those thousand different voices to take you down with them rather than the one right voice that allows you to overcome. So today we're going to talk about the right voice. And I want to give this illustration a start. Here's why this is so important. All right, I'm going to give you a little picture of my life. I've watched some seasons of Survivor. Anybody else in the room have ever watched Survivor? All right. There's this one challenge in Survivor that I think really illustrates this example of the right voice. Pretty much there's a challenge in Survivor where they blindfold the contestants. And they have one of the group not have the blindfold on and stand on a pedestal. And you probably have done this at some fair or festival or something. But that person on the pedestal's job is to guide the people around that are blindfolded and complete the challenge. Now, inevitably, you know what's going to happen, right? Like they're blindfolded. It's an obstacle course. There are things in their way and they have to find these puzzle pieces or whatever it is and get back all by listening to one person. And by the way, there's usually like three teams doing this. So you've at least got three callers, but then what inevitably happens is not only the callers start speaking and yelling what you're supposed to do, but all the other contestants start talking, right? Well, well, hey, tell me this, hey, give me directions here. They all start yelling. All these voices come across the field and what happens? The blindfold people start stumbling, start crashing. A lot of times survivor loves to make it where you see the worst injuries and stuff. Oh man, they've knocked their head and things like that. There's all this distraction that leads to chaos. But if the team, the team that wins actually, when they calm down, and listen, and usually have to listen to the strong caller, the right voice, in the midst of that chaos, they gain victory. And what I want you to see as we go, and we'll be in First Kings, so you can just start turning there. First Kings chapter 19 this morning. What I want you to see from this story that you'll probably know if you've been in church any time in your life. Um, what I want you to see this morning is if we will learn to listen to the right voice in our life, we too can find victory. We too can overcome. We too can find our path. And in 1 Kings, Elijah sees this moment where he encounters the right voice. And what I want you to know before we read it is this moment is coming off the heels of a great victory for Elijah. You may remember that Elijah, one of the most famous stories of Elijah's ministry as a prophet, was the moment when he was up on the mountain with the prophets of Baal. And, you know, he, he challenges the prophets of Baal to, to prepare a sacrifice and have their God consume the sacrifice, right? You remember this story? And what do the prophets do? Well, they try, they try, they try. They spend hours and hours trying to co- convince or coax their God to consume the sacrifice, right? But no fire ever comes. And then Elijah, he actually douses the sacrifice with water, right? Makes it more difficult, and then prays to the living God. And in that moment, fire consumes the sacrifice. And in that moment, the prophets of Baal are destroyed by the people of Israel. They're taken out. And it's off that victory that Ahab and Jezebel go after Elijah's life. So after that victory, all of a sudden Elijah ends up in chaos, in crisis. Some of you think 2020 has been a crisis point. Guess what? Elijah knows more about crisis than we'll ever know. Because they are trying to take his life for what he did. And in the midst of that, that's where we find Elijah in in 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse 9. So if you will stand with me. Let's read the word of God. The living word of God. And I pray today that this truth, what you hear from his word, will encourage your hearts. And allow you to find the right voice for your life. Let's read it together. Starting in verse 9, it says this. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. You think without power bad this last week or so? Try living in a cave, right? And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. ...thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore the mountains... ...and broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. And after the wind an earthquake... But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a great fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood before the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the Lord God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek to take my life away too. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphet, and Abel Mehelah, you shall anoint to be the prophet in your place. And the one who escapes the sword of Hazel shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. You see here in this moment, Elijah Elijah goes before the Lord and he seeks the right voice. Today, we're gonna talk about what that looks like and how this passage maybe can help you and I here in the 21st century, figure out how to see the right voice in our lives. And let me just give you a picture, especially if you're a Christian in the room, before we pray, let me just give you a quick picture. We're not always so good at that. Even if you think, you have mastered hearing the voice of God, I wanna challenge you today, take stock of your own heart, take stock of your own life and allow God to teach you something today. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we get to gather today. Thank you for this word. God, I thank you that in this example, when Elijah was in crisis, you showed up. And I know that same example is true for us today whether we face crisis this year or not, God, when we face crisis, God, I love the truth that you show up. We thank you for that. So today, would you help us look to this word and hear from you, hear the right voice today so that we may be overcomers in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Alright, well the life lesson's probably pretty obvious, but I'm going to go ahead and put it up there. I've already said it once, but let's, let's make sure we get it written down. If, you, if you're taking notes, right, your, your pencil's a lot better than your memory. Let me just remind you of that. Um, what's pastor say? Short pencil's better than long memory, right? So be sure to write this down. It's very simple. Life lesson is this. We will, you could write down I will, overcome. All life brings our way when we listen to the right voice for our lives. You can personalize that. I will overcome all life brings my way when I listen to the right voice for my life. The reality is that if we will listen to the right voice and stop allowing all the wrong voices to speak into our life, I promise you, you will be able to overcome. Again, I will remind you that this is my own personal testimony from this year. The one thing that, as I felt, and I'll be real transparent, there were moments, especially early this year, where I felt crises, stress, a little bit of anxiety, uncertain of what to do. I mean, I don't know if you realize this for your staff here at the church, but all of a sudden everything we do got stopped. It's not an easy feeling. Just in case you know, I'm going to let everybody in for a second. It's not an easy feeling all of a sudden to show up for church and you're preaching to a camera. When you're, you've been doing it for now 10 years here. It's not easy. So if you think that, you, you've been mistaken. We, we as a staff team overcame, but it wasn't easy. And how did we overcome? Well, for me, I found that all of a sudden, all the wrong voices spoke a lot louder than they had last year. All of a sudden in crisis, the, the, the wrong voices seemed even more dominant for me. And in the point of crisis, when it was um, a lot more turmoil in my life, those wrong voices began to, to influence how I thought, how I felt, how I felt about the status of my life, even when nothing was really wrong. My family was healthy. No one I knew was sick or dying, but yet I still felt bad. You been there? And in the midst of all that, what I realized was the real trigger for me, for my journey, was that the wrong voices were influencing me far more than the right voice. And once I set my gaze upon the right voice of God, that's when it really turned around for my life. That's when I found that even in the midst of more crazy things that have happened... All year long and by the way they've happened in the past and they will continue to happen guess what spoiler alert 2021 ain't gonna be much easier it never is we're human right like i pray that this pandemic gets over with but for some of you in your lives you may face challenges even when we as a group aren't facing them together 2021 has no more promise than 2020 of being better and how can i say that and not depress you well that's because the right voice of God, God's still on his throne. He never left it at the beginning of this year. And we have to remember that. But guess what? When I say that even, that's speaking one of the right voices that should be for your life. But what does the world speak about even that statement that God's still on his throne? Well, obviously he's not watching. Or man, this is, man, this is unexpected. Or man, this is hard or child. You hear all these things, but then you have to remember the still small voice that's saying, no, I'm still on my throne even in the midst of multiple hurricanes, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of a contentious election and political opinions, and whatever else may come our way, I'm still on my throne and I still have a word for you even today. And that still small voice, all of a sudden for my life, early in this year, turned me a corner and allowed me to be able to process and overcome every challenge after that. Now, it did not make these things easier, but it did change my perspective on what I was dealing with. And I think our perspective is pretty important. So with that being said, what I want to do is break down this passage and help you understand the right voice. Because for many of us, you may be sitting out there going, that's great for you, Pastor. I need help with that. Or maybe like I was, man, I had to actually spend some time working on this in my life early in this year. So how do we do that? This passage was a great reminder. It was something I held on to throughout this year, still to this day. In fact, in my daily Bible readings this morning, this passage was where I landed. (laughs) It was really interesting. It's where I came to in my daily Bible readings. And so with that being said, let's look at this passage. Let's allow it to help us learn how how to listen to the right voice in our lives. The first thing we see is this. Elijah comes to a cave. I pointed that out for a reason. Because when I read this, even back early this year, it immediately reminded me that you you hear the right voice and it's not always where you expect it. So that's kind of the first point. The right voice is not where you expect it to be. It's not always where you'll expect it to be. In fact, I would argue that a lot of times God speaks more clearly to us in those moments we did not expect. You ever been there? face the crises or maybe something you did not expect in your life and all of a sudden God man you can hear it a little more clearly maybe and I find that that's what this cave example speaks to you know Elijah had been through great victory all right so understand like it's not like he had great victory it's not like it's all this devastating defeat he had great victory and one moment of challenge and all of a sudden he's derailed been there One moment of challenge he's in this cave. And I did, I joked about it, but I did think about all of us complaining about our power. I was in that boat too, and and I'm going, I ain't living in a cave. I ain't having to do that, right? (laughs) Isn't that good news? Like but for him in this moment he returns to Mount Horeb, which if you study Elijah's life, that's where God first spoke to him and on his call. That's why he returned there. Is it was a familiar place where God had spoken before. So he went to a cave in Mount Horeb, and there is where he found God. The thing I think we learned first first of all about the cave example and not where you expect is this, and this is not on the screen, so you gotta pay attention, listen up to me, okay? Listen to me very carefully. The cave shows us that to hear the right voice, we gotta find solitude in our lives. Well, I would call it more than even solitude, space for the voice of God. You see, what the cave shows us, and for many of us, this is the case, especially in our modern society, is that we run our lives at such a rapid pace that we don't have time to hear the right voice. And I didn't say you don't make time, sometimes you actually don't have the time. You actually don't. Your lives are dictated by things outside of you that might dictate a lack of either solitude or space to hear the voice of God. What Elijah shows us by going to the cave is that sometimes in your life when there's points of crises, If you want to hear the right voice, you have got to make a beeline for wherever it is that you can hear the voice best. Some of you hunters are going to love the woods, right? Being out in the woods, right? Perhaps for you, that's where you hear God. Guess what? Go there. In the point of crisis, not just because it's hunting season. Go there. If that's what it takes. For some of you, it may be a closet in your house. Or a a study or something that you can get peace I wrote down for me, I find it's early mornings or perhaps my lunch break if I don't have a meeting. Because in those moments, my time, my space is not dictated by someone else. Whether it be my family or the church or my responsibilities, those spaces, I have to make time for that. Um, I'll be real honest with you. In this season, one of my favorite things I found, they're called Um, noise-isolating headphones. You ever ever heard that? (laughs) I have found with a young four-year-old in the home that those things have saved my life when it comes to solitude. Because even if I go in a room, there's still noise going on. Sometimes here at the office, it gives me solitude when there's still stuff going on. Whatever it takes, what I want you to see first and foremost is that the right voice is not going to be where you expect it. You have got to pursue it. And going to the cave... That's what we first see. I've also pointed out not only the cave, but Elijah's in the midst of crisis. And I'm not saying that we can't hear the voice of God in the good times. In fact, I believe you can. But I will say that crisis points in our lives do bring about this special ability for us not only to pursue the voice of God, but a lot of time God speaks into those moments. In fact, I I actually wrote this down and this is how I viewed this year. I would challenge you this thought if you're a Christian in the room. Are you viewing this year as just one that you want to get past? Or are you viewing this year that is one that you want God to speak to you in a fresh way? Because I've heard this a lot. You may not have said this, but I've heard this a lot. Man, I just can't wait till 2020 is over. I can't wait till we get past all this. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that thought, that perspective. I'm not criticizing if you've been there. I've been there. But I have been reflecting a lot on, is that something that I'm going to lead my life with? Man, I just want to get past this. Or instead, ask God, God, would you speak to my heart in a fresh way about my life? God, would you use this year, this challenge, whatever it faces? Because guess what? You're not guaranteed that you're going to not face challenges next year. So God, would you use this crisis point, whatever you've gone through? Listen, maybe you're in the room, you're going, I have not gone through crisis like you're describing this year, Pastor. Good for you. Guess what? When that point comes for you, are you going to just want to get past it? Or instead, will you ask God to speak to you in a fresh way and seek the right voice? Because I'm telling you, if you do that, you will overcome. But if you just seek to get past it or you allow all the other voices to influence the way you think and your decision making, I promise you, you will not find victory in those avenues. And even if you do overcome or get through, there will not be victory on the other side. And I want for each of you, and we want for each of you as a church, victory for your life. We want you to take 2020 and years from now, be able to say, look what the Lord did during that year. I want to be able to tell my daughter, because she won't remember all this, praise the Lord. But I want to be able to tell her in her 20s, this is what God did in your father's life during that year. Now, that's my heart's desire. I'm not a perfect person. It may not happen. But when we seek the right voice, we have more chances for victory than we do defeat. Elijah is a moment where he could have completely collapsed from this attack. Or he could have packed it in and said, You know what? This prophet thing is too hard. I just called fire down from heaven. The Lord sent fire down by my prayer, and I still can't get victory. I'm done. (laughs) you ever been there like we just saw the biggest thing that could ever happen one of the greatest miracles in the bible and yet my life is still on the line i haven't found the that god's people have turned back to him ever been there and guess what you have a choice to make you can either collapse under the pressure or you can choose to follow the right voice and allow him to lead you on out of the cave and into the next phase of ministry So we find that if you want to find the right voice, first of all, we find it in the cave and we find it in crisis. We look for God's voice in places we don't expect and in seasons that we never dreamed were possible. The illustration I would give you that I wrote down to kind of give you an example to kind of take a break from the study is this. So when I moved here in 2009, technology was a lot different. Um, I don't know if y'all have realized, but I have, how fast technology has changed, even from 2009. And when I moved to New Orleans 2009, um, I don't know if you, you guys, will, some of you will relate to this and the kids in the room will not. But our phones, like my phone, I had an iPhone. It was the iPhone 3G, one of the, one of the very first ones. It didn't tell you where to go. Y'all remember that? Like you could look and see where to go on it, but it didn't actually speak it into existence. So I couldn't drive with it on direction and actually have what now is Siri tell me where to go. And when I was in Alabama, I had no need for direction. I mean, Tuscaloosa, I knew every street my home. I knew every street growing up there. Some of you in New Orleans, you know a lot of the ways to get around here and I I praise God for you. But when I moved here (laughs) in a moment where I didn't know anyone, by the way, so crisis, right? In the moment where I moved into an apartment by myself, and I've been living with my brother and some of my best friends in my life in Tuscaloosa. So I'm solitude and all that. And I'm trying to find out where to go to Walmart or Target, or somewhere to buy groceries, I had one thing that helped me in that crisis. You know what it was? It was one of those Garmin GPS's in my truck. So kids in the room, or if you're a little bit younger, what it was is before the phones would tell you, you actually bought a device, it wasn't online, you would have to plug it up to your computer to update it, but it would sit in my truck on a mount, and plug up into my truck, and it would actually do what our phones do today. So you have to know the address. You couldn't look up the address in that old one. You couldn't find a point of interest. You actually had to know the address. So I'd have to go to my computer and look up the Walmarts in New Orleans from the seminary. And then go plug the address into the GPS to have the ability to go somewhere. Now that may seem like a lot of work. But for me, when I moved here, it was my lifeblood. It was the moment of peace in the midst of chaos. I can remember my first grocery run being on the phone with my brother In tears, because I didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go, and all that. But in the midst of that, that GPS, I can still remember this day, was the point of peace. What I want to show you here in this first part, to show you the importance of the voice of God, I don't know where you are today. Maybe you relate to what I'm describing in 2009 for me. Maybe you're at a point where you literally could be in tears if we asked you what's going on in your life. The voice of God is the moment of peace. It's the center to your life. And when the storm swirls around you, it is the thing that you must listen to. And when you do, you will find great hope. Because in the city where I knew nowhere to go, that Garmin GPS gave me hope that I could learn the roads. I'm grateful to say to this day, I don't have to use my GPS around New Orleans, all right? I did learn, the, I'm not directionally challenged, I did learn the city. In your life, when it's swirling, The voice of God has to be your GPS. I'm going to hit on some things later, but let me just go ahead and get there here. It can't be your Twitter or your Facebook feed. It can't be your favorite news outlet. It can't be your friends and their opinions or your family and their opinions. I love all those people in my life. It's not that they're bad people or bad influences. It's not that some of that is just horrible or anything like that. But if that is the only place you spend your time, and if you evaluate like yesterday in your life, you'll realize that the majority of the voices you hear may not be of God. I found that even as I prepared this message with this election stuff going on, that took so much energy to focus and prepare rather than be consumed by all the swirling news about the election, right? You have been there this week? Well, guess what? All those voices will only take you down. There is no hope in any president. And I'm not giving you a political statement. There's no hope without God. No hope. And so all those voices lead you down paths of destruction. But the voice of God leads you in a place that you would never expect. But the place that you belong. It's the place that you belong. All right. Next point. Not only is it not what you expect, but Elijah, I love this, and you know this if you've studied this passage at all or heard it. Um, Not only was it not where he expected, but it wasn't what he expected at all. So the right voice is not what you'll expect either. It's not only not where you expect it, but it's not what you expect. It's kind of interesting. I wrote this down. It's very interesting in this passage because, for instance, if you go to Psalm 29, David describes the voice of God this way. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. It breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare and in his temple all cry glory. And this is not the only passage like this. And what's interesting is we hear people describe the voice of God as all these great things. I mean, all these things you see in this passage, the voice of the Lord is described as. But for some reason, in this moment, God chose a different tactic. He chose for his voice not to be in the strong action. It wasn't in the strong. So for those of you who look to the achievers of our world, the things that get our most attention, the athletes, the celebrities, the news outlets, maybe it's someone personally in your life that they've achieved more than you and you respect them and therefore you value their voice. Guess what? The voice of God is not always in the strong. In fact, I would argue it may not be in the strong places. Sometimes the strong voice is someone that you just want to be like. And that's not a bad thing, especially if it's another Christian or somebody you respect. But if you pursue that voice over God's voice for your life, you will always come up short when you pursue the voices that are strong. It shows in this passage with the earthquake that it's not in the shaking. So it's not in the strong, it's not in the shaking. In the shaking are the places that clamor for our attention. In business theory, if you if you know anything about the four quadrants, the, the shaking things of our lives are things that are always considered urgent, but they're not very important. My, my daughter, as a as a as a father of a four-year-old, there are a lot of things that are urgent for her. Not all of those things are very important for our family's life. But there are a lot of things that come call my attention, they're urgent. Guess what? I love you, church members. There's some things you think are very urgent, right? They're not always the most important for the mission here, right? You know these things in your business, your practice. There are customers and clients that come clamoring for things, and they're urgent for them, but they may not be most important, right? The shaking things distract us a lot, especially in our busy lives, from the voice of God. And you got to be careful and realize that you must first tackle the important things. and, And to be honest with you, God's voice is urgent but we don't see it as urgent so therefore we don't get to it. It's important and urgent which is the best quadrant if you talk about business theory and your time and all that but we don't see it. So we normally put the voice of God as Christians in the urgent but not important factors. The, I mean, sorry, the important but not urgent. It's important, you know the voice of God is urgent, uh, important but you don't treat him as urgent as it has to be done today. For instance, if you were honest with yourself, how many times have you blown through a day and you realize that at the end of that day, there wasn't very much of God in it? I'm a pastor. Let me just go ahead and take the heat off. I've done it. I've seen it. It's okay because only by admitting this will you make the change. And what I saw in the midst of the crisis of March for my life is that I was busy trying to respond to all these things that were changing but I wasn't taking time to hear the voice of God. And only the voice of God is important and urgent at the same time. But if we know the voice of God is important, but we treat him as not urgent, then all the other things shake for our attention. But not only shaking, we see the fire, the power, I call it of the singe to give you another S word, the singeing power of fire. These are things that really can change your life. Maybe it's a thing that you hear. Maybe it's a criticism from a coworker and you're worried about your job. Maybe it's a criticism from a boss. Singeing could change your life, right? Perhaps it's some of these big picture things that you're worried about in the world. I mean, they're important. I'm not saying when I hit on things like an election or the virus or things like that, they're not important things in our world. They have much power. But at the same time, if we prioritize that stuff over the voice of God, we miss out on what truly is powerful for our lives, which leads into what God was, the still and the small voice. And that's where we find God in the still and the small. Let me remind you of a couple other examples from scripture in Genesis. It reminds us that God walked with Adam and Eve very small act. You ever been on a walk with your spouse or your children? Doesn't seem very powerful, right? We, we, I told on Wednesday night one time, we took a lot of walks when we were all at home at the beginning of all of this. A lot of them. Some of the most powerful moments in my family's life was just walking in our neighborhood. Doesn't seem like much. But I pray that like my daughter at her young age remembers her dad was around. Taking a walk with her. I pray that's powerful. I think it is, but I pray for that. Samuel, you remember the story of Samuel? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel was called like three times. And he thought it was, his, his, it was Eli, but it ended up being God calling. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It wasn't very powerful. It wasn't an earthquake or fire from heaven. It was this voice he heard in the other room. I thought about the dove that came down on Jesus. And the voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And then you look to Jesus and you see how Jesus responded to the voices that we're talking about. And how Jesus responded very calm, still and small, throughout all the accusations that led him to the cross. And you see all these examples and you realize That the word of God is powerful as Psalms and other places the Bible says. God speaks things into existence. He can speak in an earthquake, a fire, things like that. But at the same time, for you and I, many times, he chooses to speak in still and small ways. So the question for us is how do we find that? How do we find that in our lives? How do these small moments happen? Well, I think we find that by looking to the last point, and that is this, that when we listen to the right voice, God ultimately directs our path. And as we talk about directing our path, we're gonna talk about how do we find that still small voice in our lives? So how do we hear the voice of God? Well, I'll remind you in John 14, something Jesus said, because as Christians, we don't just rest in this Old Testament, although it's very powerful. We have been shown by Jesus the new way to hear the voice of God. And Jesus left us in John 14 with this. 14 verse 25 says this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. But let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Another passage I held on to, because in moments where we're troubled, or perhaps we're afraid, we forget that God sent His Son. His son was the voice sent into the world. And then this passage reminds us that when Jesus left the world, not only do we have the record of the Son, but we also were left with the Holy Spirit, which allows us to hear as Christians the voice of God as we engage with God's word. And so what do we find as we talk about our attention? Well, I want you to go back to the passage in 1 Kings because two things happen, all right? When, when Elijah goes before God and he says, listen, God, this is all I'm worried about, both in verse 10 and 14 God does this. He says, go. You see that? He says, go to the mount in verse 11. And he says, go and do all these things in verse um, 15. Both times when Elijah said, God, I need to hear from you. God says, go. What it shows us is that God's voice demands, first of all, our attention. God's voice, not only, not only is it something we should want in our lives, it demands our attention. And when that happens, there's action that we must take. Think about your typical day and what actions do you take to hear the voice of God? How do you go? Right? Because if you don't pragmatically think about for a second the actions that you take in your daily routine, you will never have time, space to hear the voice of God. So you can leave today and be all encouraged. Oh, I need to hear the voice of God. But if you don't take action in your life, take a step for your life to hear the voice of God more to create that space, I promise you, you will leave here and go to lunch. And by this afternoon, you'll be back in your old routine. It takes attention, action to hear the voice of God. Let me give you just one that I am so grateful for. And this is not boasting at all. But this year, before all this chaos, one investment I made was into this journal. And with that, I had downloaded, just because I knew it was the right thing to do. It wasn't like I was trying to survive or anything, a daily Bible reading plan. And I'm so grateful I did that. I'm so grateful. This has been work. This is not easy to do. I know many of you have tried this if you're a Christian. And guess what? You've probably failed like me many times to complete this. I am so grateful that I did this. Now, listen, let me be real clear. Daily Bible reading. So does that mean that if I get up late and my child needs something, we got to get to school that I actually completed it that day all the time? No, I'm going to be real transparent to encourage you. No, there are days where I have to catch up just like anybody else. The goal is to create some routines and habits in space. What I found for me If I don't make it to the morning, especially during COVID where I didn't have a lot of meetings and things like that during my lunch breaks, was that lunch was my catch-up place for this plan. And what I found was because I had something as a foundation to get in God's word. You may have something else. It doesn't have to be what I do. But because I had a plan, I had action that I took, I was so grateful because every day God was speaking from different places. His word was coming into my heart. And then the second thing was this journal. And I'm not a huge journaler. This is actually the first year that I've really gone through an entire journal. I've journaled before, but to do it every day has been a task for me. I'm not a huge writer. My wife can attest, she's probably shaking her head. I'm just not a huge writer. Um, I've done it for school, things like that, but trying to sit down with just my thoughts and journal is not something I've ever done. But I found during the lockdown, when we were at home working from home, that I had a little bit more time to actually sit down and journal before I actually would start the day. And as I developed the habit, it started flowing more. As I took the action, and I'm so grateful because I've looked back now on this whole year and seen where I was at certain points, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, how I I was doing. And when I look to now, I'm like, God, thank you for revealing these truths. Some of these are prayer points in my life that people, some of you in this congregation I've been praying for throughout this year, things that you brought to our attention. Sometimes it's just my reflections, what went on this week. Sometimes it's what God says. And listen, my daily Bible plan, there were some days where I read it and God just spoke this word. And some days where I read through it, I was like, well, that wasn't much. Guess what? We're human. Like, it's okay. I'm not asking you to have some giant revelation every day of your life, but by developing the practice to hear from God, I promise you, you're going to be able to see the right voice for your life. So it demands our attention. It also demands our obedience. Uh, He says go, and Elijah actually has to go do it and not fold up shop. And I just want to make this quick point. I'm going to get us to the end. But listen, obedience is directly correlated to you hearing the voice of God. If you think you can be disobedient to God and still hear his voice clearly, you are sorely mistaken. And I've done this journey long enough to know as a pastor, but also as a a human myself who can be disobedient. That the more we are disobedient and don't follow God, the more we harden our hearts to the voice of God. And so, and, and here's the main thing I wrote down. I just want to tell you this, leave you with this on obedience. Obedience is all about who you are. Who are you becoming? It's not about what you do. If you think you're being obedient to God by just not doing like the Ten Commandments, not killing somebody not stealing this week, like the big ones, like you're missing out on obedience. Let me give a quick plug. If you're missing out on Wednesday nights with our Fruit of the Spirit series, you have been missing out. It's easy. 7 p.m. If you can't make it, it's on YouTube. Go back and rewatch it. If you have not heard what our staff team has been sharing about who you need to be with the Fruit of the Spirit, you've missed out. Missed it. And good news with technology, it's still there. So you have a chance to hear it. But the fruit of the Spirit and things like that are all about who you're becoming. And Jesus was more about who we are becoming than necessarily the law. He didn't destroy the law. The law is there to help us remember who we need to be. The rules, when I say the law. But ultimately, are you more like Christ at the end of 2020 than you were at the beginning? That's the goal of obedience. And as we become more like Jesus, we want to hear from him more. And we hear his voice clearly. Lastly... Our attention and our obedience determines our victory. God at the end of this, right? What's he promised? He's going to leave the 7,000 in Israel. And then he's going to take out followers of Baal. There will be victory. If you read in Kings, you'll see the victory that happens. Not just for Elijah, but for the people of Israel. There's victory. Let me just leave you with this today. There's victory for you. Why do I know that? Because what we see in scripture is that God had the victory in first Kings, and then in the New Testament, Jesus won the victory. A reflection I've had recently, and even as consumed as my heart has been on things like viruses and politics and you know building roofs being off and things like that around here is this. We can fix all those things to how Bo thinks they need to be, or Bo can just get busy about the mission of God, seeing hearts change toward Jesus and people turning to Christ and this baptismal overflowing because people come to know Jesus and then we disciple them and show them what God says. Which one do you think changes our country more? Your preferred candidate, a new roof on our building or perhaps lives being changed? Perhaps us not sitting in our homes during a pandemic, but figuring out creative ways to engage in the mission of God. Because the promise and the good news is there's victory. There is victory, child of God, for you, for what you're facing, for what you're going through, in your workplace, in your schools, where you go, where you hang out, for your family member that needs to know Christ, there is victory promised. And the way we tap into that victory that's already won It's just hearing the right voice, the voice of the victor. Jesus said, don't do it as the world does. Don't let your hearts become troubled, but instead, tap into the spirit. You see, the reality is we all are like those contestants on Survivor. We really are walking around this world with blindfolds on. We're stumbling, we hit our heads, we have gashes. Man, if you stumbled this week in this room, there's no judgment there. We are all in that same journey. It's okay. And the only way you win the race is that you point your eyes on that collar. The strong voice is coming off that pedestal telling you, turn here, go there, do this, do that. He's gonna direct you all the way to victory. And my prayer this week is that you will turn off all those other voices. Not that they don't have their place, but put them aside and allow the voice of God outside of this moment in worship, outside of church programs, in your home, in your spaces, let the voice of God speak to your heart. Lastly, if you came in this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me just say this. There is no better time to turn to the voice of God than right now in 2020. If you're discouraged, if you don't have hope, and you came in this room seeking that, we are here for you as a church. The staff will be around. Audra will be here at the back as we close. I'll be up here at front. If you want to talk about knowing Jesus, we're here for you. That is our primary goal here, is to make sure that you don't leave here without knowing how you can tap into the voice of Jesus. And in a moment, I'm gonna pray. Whether you're here or online, I'm gonna pray and show you a way that you can accept Christ into your heart today. Because without that, you can't tap into the right voice. So let's pray together, if you don't mind, as we close today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna give a moment for those of you who might not know Christ, whether you're here or online to make a first time step to the right voice today. And it's nothing fancy, the way that you do it is that you just pause in this moment
1: and you ask
0: God, you actually talk to God
1: and ask him to come
0: into your heart. You confess all the places you messed up and listen, we're all there with you. And you allow God to change your heart. And allow the Holy Spirit that we talked about in this message to come into your life and show you a new way. So I'm going to pray and, and give you an example of that. And as I give that example, if you'll just pray that prayer and ask God to come into your life and to save you, you'll be saved. That's what the Bible says. For those that confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So would you pray with me? You just pray like this. God, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize that I've messed up my life. And I need you today to come into my life and to save me. So Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died and you rose from the grave. And I want you to save me today. Thank you for being my savior and lord and i commit to follow you with all my life and god i do pray for anyone that prayed that prayer this morning god that they feel your assurance of salvation in this moment right now god that 2020 could mark their eternity be changed forever god that they'll have the courage to reach out whether online or here in the room they'll reach out to the staff the church to let us know so we can walk alongside them in the days to come. God, I also know in this room, there's so many people that are probably facing challenges either this week or maybe the last few months. God, I pray they would seek your voice. God, they would find moments to be with you. God, they'd find strong Christian brothers and sisters to help them seek you in a real way. God, I love you so much. I thank you for Jesus. Because of his death and resurrection, we have the spirit to hear your voice in our lives. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope that encouraged you. It, it, it's a reflection that I've had. I've been holding on to it pretty much all year. And it, it really has helped me. I hope it helps you today. I hope you leave here being encouraged. And knowing that God has victory for your life, no matter what you're facing. If you're a child of God, there's victory. So don't give up. Don't lose hope. There's victory coming. Just seek the voice of God. Thanks for continuing to be faithful. Both of you that are in the room and you online, we'll have baskets like we do each week at the door. Um, online, you can go to calvaryonlines.com give. Thank you guys so much for being faithful. I talked about a little bit of the disruption. Let me just say, you guys have constantly supported this church and its staff. We're so grateful for you. So grateful for what God's doing in our church. And we've got more to come. Like I mentioned, we've got a building to repair, things like that. So there's more to come. But also, isn't it awesome today that our children are over there worshiping? I know last week some of you were a hurricane and all that. And guess what? We started last week, but children are over there right now worshiping and they're doing it right. They're doing it safe, distance, all that. But they're back in the building. I walked over there last week. My heart was just so full. Maybe it's because I'm a. All- love your families and we pray as you leave today that you've tapped into the right voice for your life and as you go throughout this week that you'll continue to seek the right voice so we love you we're for you i pray you have a blessed day and we'll be online wednesday at seven if you're available it's online on youtube after that and then obviously we'll be right back here next sunday 10 a.m and can't wait to see you then y'all have a great week and we'll see you again soon